All right, so it, like, it kind of reminds me of like Pat Narduzzi's defensive philosophy, which is just like, yeah, college quarterbacks can't throw deep out routes. College quarterbacks can't throw deep passes to the sideline. So everything else is taken away because college quarterbacks simply can't do that. And I just like that very clearly worked in the Big Ten when he was at Michigan mm-hmm. State, and it's still kind of working at Pitt. But like yeah. he was roasted in the Big Twelve. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, do you do you remember those bowl games that he played against Baylor? Yeah. Like they yeah. just got lit up, man. Like they scored a lot too, but like his great defense couldn't do anything against those Baylor offenses. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that's kind of I think that the Big 10 kind of gives you a false sense of security in what you're doing defensively because Michigan looked amazing stopping like doing what Don Brown talks about where he just wants to stop everything. Because he's like, well, we have better players. We should be able to. And, like, fine, when you're playing Northwestern, great. When you're, even when you're playing Nebraska, who's a spread team, like, that's fine. But when you get up against a high-level team, you get up against even a guy like Dwayne Haskins, who I don't think is a top-three quarterback in the country. No. And he just had – people were talking about, oh, he's having the game of his life. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, he looks really good throwing drags, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, by the way, hello, everybody. Welcome to Defense Corner. Um, <laughs> it's our special defense podcast featuring me, Ryan, and my good friend, Alex. Um, coming, to, coming to you live from uh, the noted uh, Defensive Specialist Conference Big 12, uh, where we <laughs> don't allow more than 60 points and certainly don't have any games that go 74-72. Um, right. <laughs> but, Yeah. So obviously okay. we were we were discussing um, Michigan Ohio State there, um, and Dwayne Haskins getting like talked up as a Heisman candidate because he can throw drag routes and hand off jet sweeps. Yeah, um, where do we go from here, Alex? I don't know. Just talking about that game, like it just every like. Well, obviously I was rooting for Ohio State because you know for OU to be alive in the playoff hunt, like that was just something that had to happen. They had to win the game, mm-hmm. but I was just shocked. Like going in, I, I would have picked Michigan to win. Um, yeah. First, mostly because I just didn't really know how inept their offense is. Yeah. It's um, bad by the way, guys, like that. It, it, nobody talks hold about on, this. Hold on. I'm looking at it right now and I'm seeing 24 as their offensive S and P plus. Wait, hang on. Give me a second. I don't oh, know. Oh dear, I might have I might have made a mistake. Maybe I was looking at Michigan State. <laughs> You're probably looking at Michigan State. Okay. That would make a lot of sense. Yes, okay. you are because they're 114th. Yep. Okay. So I incredible. did think that maybe Michigan's offense was 114th in the country. It's not. It's 24th. But still, yeah. like it didn't look good. Yeah. Well, and I was I was listening to a podcast talking about the game um, going in, and what they said is that Ohio State, their biggest problem defensively has been they've just given up big plays to everybody that they've played. You know, like they are, yeah, they're just yeah. inept in that way, busts everywhere in the secondary. But mm-hmm. from like a standpoint of, you know, if you have to be efficient and drive your way down the field the way Michigan wants to play, then, you know, that's not the best plan for attacking Ohio State because they still have some of the best athletes in the country and if your plan is just, well, we're going to out-execute them all the way down the field, um, I just I don't like your chances in that way. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and like the, all of that just showed, like it was just, it looked like a mismatch, man. And coming off a week where Ohio or Ohio state gave up 50 to Maryland, I yeah. didn't see it coming. Um, but it was, it was an interesting game for sure. What are your, what are your thoughts? Cause there's been a lot of reactions to, you know, Harbaugh at Michigan and you know, I am a pretty big Harbaugh fan. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious what you think about Harbaugh and his future at Michigan. Um, don't fire Jim Harbaugh. I, right. I understand that this is like, he hasn't, he's yet to win his division, but I mean, his division's really hard and he's done everything but beat this one team. Right. Um, and like, well, I see- yeah, it's your biggest rival and what you consider the biggest rivalry in all athletics, but still. Right. Yeah, I still I still think this season's really successful for them. Like they they beat pretty much I mean they lost to Notre Dame and uh Ohio State, but they beat Penn State, they beat Michigan State. This is the first time Harbaugh had ever beat Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um and their one hundred and fourteenth ranked offense. But um I don't know. I just I think that they're still moving in the right direction. I'm skeptical as to whether or not he's ever gonna be able to like really compete for a national title with the way he runs his offense because Uh I just, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to get the athletes that you need up there to like really do that against the Georgia and the Alabamas of the world. Yeah. Um, But I still think like, look at what Michigan was doing before he got there, you know, like Brady Hoke was their football coach and he's, I mean, he's doing some pretty impressive things. Yeah. He's doing, Um, he's doing better than Brady Hoke did. Yeah. Um, and they can't hire less, so no, they he's, he's already got a job. Um, yeah. That's hilarious, by the way, and I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. That's really funny. I am very, very excited. Now, the my my only question about that is, which is more exciting, Les Miles at Kansas or Mac Brown at North Carolina? Um, <laughs> that's God. That's close. It is, um, I don't know, I I, th- I still think it's less miles as Kansas, but Mac Brown in North Carolina is going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about both of those. And it, it's kind of funny because it seems like the coaching, well, the coaching carousel so far is kind of going the opposite way of what it usually does, where usually teams are looking for like the up-and-comer types. Mm-hmm. But these team, both of these teams are like, uh, we want a guy who won a national championship, like, a decade ago so um, yeah it's pretty it's pretty funny to see how that is kind of coming through. um last yeah. thing i want to talk about before we get into the ou west virginia game because this is the ou west virginia review podcast it is have you seen how bad uconn's defense is this year yes yes i have um for those not in the know they've allowed something like 7400 yards of offense on them mm-hmm um that's 8.8 yards of play yeah um basically when you play uconn when you play uconn you become oklahoma's offense for the week yeah this is you get to do your oklahoma cosplay against uconn Mm -hmm. which is why like i really want if ou doesn't make the um if ou doesn't make the playoff i really just want like fiesta bowl rematch um, and just let Oklahoma play UConn. I don't care what UConn's record is. It's probably bad, 
I haven't actually looked. I doubt they're bowl eligible. Yeah, I want to see if you can average 20 yards a play. I think it would be a really good experiment for the good mm-hmm. of the sport. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I don't see any but reason not to. Shout out to Randy Etzel and his agent for getting like the silliest bonuses put into his. Yeah, um, like I think contract. he made two thousand dollars. I think he made two thousand dollars this weekend for winning the third down battle. That's he incredible. Absolutely did. He absolutely did. I bet that hadn't happened a lot this year for him though. <laughs> no. So, good for him. Good for Randy Etzel. Um, clearly a, a top-notch football coach. Mm-hmm. Where at UConn, he is last in the country in S&P Plus on just overall. Because yep. their offense is 99th. It's not like their offense is good. No. They're just significantly better than what their defense is. Yeah, no. It's... <laughs> oh, Randy. Oh, Randy, 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 Randy. Give me a second. Let me see. Okay, yeah. So, literally... Um, Connecticut's SM, defensive S&P plus rating is 51.9. Um, mm-hmm. That's, which is about equivalent to Oklahoma's offensive S&P plus rating. They literally would turn an average team into Oklahoma against them. Yep. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about OU football. That is what the people want. Okay. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know we both, watch this game going in thinking that we were going to lose or you thought we were going to win. You picked the score, right? Yeah, I said that we were going to win this game 59-56 and lo and behold. Um and if you play that clip backwards, you can hear me say that there will be two defensive touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Um yeah, 59-56. I know for me like my attitude watching this game was Going in with really no expectations, it was the first time I've done that all season, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the game because I just I knew that the defense was going to get smoked, and I was just I was just happy to see them. It looked like they competed, and they wound up wound up making a couple plays that were really the difference in the game, and that yeah. was really all that mattered to me. I mean, it was yeah. Kyler was great for the most part. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line imposed their will. Like yeah. our offense did everything that we needed our offense to do to win the game, um, and our defense made a couple plays. So that was it. Was overall a really good night, I thought. Yeah, um, I uh, like because one of the things we talked about about the defense is how it's just like guys don't make plays, and like Caleb Kelly stripping. Will Greer and then taking that ball into the end zone. That's the de- that's a defensive player making a play, and that was great. Um, D- yeah, that play. Watch that play from the beginning to the end. Everything about that play. Yeah. From Caleb Kelly was. Caleb Kelly a- makes a tackle sit on his ass. Yeah. And- <laughs> he, like, he, he talked about it after the game. He said, "My job was to just take out that tackle, and I wound up just knocking him over. So I went after the quarterback, and yeah. like it was just knock the dude over." Didn't stop, ran right at Will Greer, tackled him, and then you can see him punch the ball out. Yeah, like that was the incredible thing to me is that like Caleb Kelly tackles him, punches the ball out, immediately knows that the ball is out, and just as soon as he's on the ground, starts looking for it and finds it. Yep. That is a play. No, I honestly, as the play happened, I expect him to like miss it and let Mm -hmm. let West Virginia recover just because that's what our defense does, you know? Yeah. And especially on the second one, I thought Curtis Bolton was going to like miss picking it up and they would 
they would wind up recovering it. But yeah, no, it, this defense, if there's one thing this defense knows how to do, it's scoop up balls. Apparently that is the one thing they've, they've gotten some decent practice with it on, uh, on block punts this year. So yeah, at least they, they've done a couple of things right this year, but, um, more about the defense. I, my take about the defense, I, and I talked about this before, um, is that I was going to have a take for this. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this version of the defense with the state of our defense, I think this is absolutely as good as this defense can play. I think what they put on the field against West Virginia is as good as it will or can get. I am going to disagree with this take, and there's like literally there is one position in which I, I think that that's hopefully really wrong um, for the future of this program, honestly. And, and that's that, like, this was by far Buki's worst game of the year. Mm-hmm. The safeties were horrendous in this game. And my, my counter to that is, while, yes, there is probably a scenario in which the defense could play like this and the safeties play better. But I have no faith in that actually being a reality and that I think if the safeties played better, there would be a hole elsewhere that would just spring. You know, there would be a new leak spring. (laughs) You know, we haven't seen anything this year that tells us that we're going to be able to put together an 11-man effort. So I'm taking what we got on Friday and that – we gave up 704 yards. Um, but, I mean, the positive that I can come up with is we were okay against the run, and we forced two turnovers and scored two touchdowns. Like, if this defense can help the offense score points, like if they can contribute to the points scoring, then that's that's really all I can ask for from this defense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's fair. Um I really, it, it got nasty on Twitter about Buki, and that felt bad. Right. Yeah, let's talk about Buki. Um, he had um, a horrible game. Yeah. He straight up got beat down the field for three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, um, like, he just looked really flat-footed and slow. Um, yeah. But, like, and, to me, the, the good news is that I know that Boogie isn't slow. Right. So, like, that gives me hope that something about that, that, that this won't be forever, because I know that he is not flat-footed and slow. Yeah. I think, I mean, the only thing that I, the explanation that I've come up with is just, I I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I agree. You know? I agree. <laughs> like, he gets beat, he, him getting beat deep, it, you know, and actually, this is going to, this is going to be great, but this reminds me of um, uh, when I first got Madden 19, I started a player career as a safety um, and just not being used to the game. Like that's what I look like Buki on a lot of plays because <laughs> you just, you don't know, Oh, I need to start running now. <laughs> like, right. It doesn't, you don't have any idea of how to do what you're doing. That's what Buki looked like. Like he was getting beat deep because he didn't have any understanding of how to play safety. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that, I mean, that is disappointing because what we heard about him coming into the year from, you know, Kerry Cooks, Mike Stoops, they all talked about it. Like 
is that he just he knows how to play football. He's like yeah. doesn't matter where we put him. He's he's as good as Stephen Parker at safety, and he's really a corner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not coming through on the field at all. Yeah, he looks like a guy that he might like if he's in his natural position, he might know what he's doing, but he clearly has no idea what he's doing at safety. Um, yeah, and it it it's completely showing, you know, on the field. And I mean, the guy, you know, he was put on some really good receivers. David Sills is really good. Greg or Jennings. Greg Jennings? Is that his name? Um, maybe. Gary Jennings. That's right. Gary, Gary Jennings. Jennings. Greg William Jennings, Jennings Bryant. Receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg um, Jennings was an NFL receiver. Um, but Gary Jennings, I mean, they're both talented receivers. And so those are both guys that you have to really know your assignment and know and like be comfortable in your technique to be successful covering them. And yeah. it's clearly something that he is not comfortable in right now. Um, so I honestly, I think that this, this freshman year right now, you know, we might see, we'll see improvement because you just can't play worse than he did. Um, yeah, but I I think overall, you know, it's just going to need there. He's going to be need to, he's going to need to be put in a new position and under a new regime for him. He needs, he needs a coach who can teach him how to play because I mean, I don't, I, who can say what's going on at practice? But certainly, what isn't happening is that Kerry Cooks has taught Buki how to play safety well. No, yeah, I, I, I don't know what. I mean, there, there is absolutely. I mean, as as complimentary, I guess, as I was of the defense. I mean, there's still absolutely no reason for Kerry Cooks to be the coach on this, uh, the secondary coach next year. Mm-hmm. Like his guys. I mean. It's not even a physical thing. It's just so many times they don't know what they're looking at, you know? Yeah. Like, you you watch Robert Barnes when he got beat by David Sills on that fake screenplay. It was just like he was biting hard on the screen, you know, and got beat over the top and just stuff that can't happen. Like, you can't overcommit in that way and, you know, be completely out of position to make a play, you know? and. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I mean, Robert Barnes is even, was lucky to even be in the game at that point, too, because he committed targeting, if we're being honest. No, yeah, he absolutely um, did. And, yeah. like, no, and, like, no, Robert Barnes should have been ejected for that play. And I don't understand yeah. any reasoning that says he didn't. But the other thing about that is that, like, I really want, like, a West Virginia fan to come and say that <laughs> a member of OU secondary was critical to their success. And had he not been playing, they would have won. Right. Yeah. It's like, I mean, we're, if we put him, if we take him out, we're going to put someone that is similarly bad in there for him. You know, yeah. it didn't really impact the game, but it just, you know, an interesting thing. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Delarian Turner yell. Yeah. Uh, because he had, I think, the worst drop interception I have seen all year. <laughs> I can't, and that is saying I, a lot. I can't defense. imagine anyone believing he would catch that. How did you have any faith he would catch that in that moment? The, it hit him. It didn't even hit him in the hand. Like, it hit him in the stomach. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware that it was as if he was fielding a punt. I'm No, I get it. I'm just saying, you are watching this defense and expecting them to come away with a meaningful interception. 
my God. Like, that that would have ended the game. We wouldn't have had any of the fourth and five stuff at the end where we had to convert if he had just yeah. caught the ball. So that was what really I fun. Will, yeah, it was. It was. What I will give him credit for is after that play, they showed him on the sidelines, and he was kind of hunkered over, clearly upset by yeah. what happened. And I want to give him credit for caring, okay? And I know <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing ever to be crediting someone with caring about messing up, but I haven't seen that from anybody on this defense this year, mm-hmm. you know? It's been a lot of, you know, oh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it fixed. We'll, we'll go into practice this week. We'll, we'll be fine. Like, there's been a lot of that, but no one has just come out and been like, I don't know what, like, and been that emotional with it, you know? Mm-hmm. No one has been emotional in that way. I haven't seen anything. Anytime Parnell Motley's getting whooped up and down the field, Trey Brown, it's just like, well, happens, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, so that – and obviously he's got to be able to, to move on and it's, he seemingly did. He played, I mean, he played after it, you know? So um, if he can move on and learn from that, I'm actually pretty, pretty high on him. But mm-hmm. I honestly, it was just, it was nice to see some kind of emotion from this defense because a lot of times this year, it's just been nothing, you know, yeah. like they screw up and it's just like, well, this is just kind of how it goes, huh? You know? Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, the w- one other thing that this defense can do that would be genuinely better and wouldn't be very hard is to just, like, you know, take the Will linebacker out of the game on extremely obvious third and, you know, third and 10 plus passing situations. Third and 18s. Third and 18s, yeah. <laughs> like, like last week, I, uh, I had been bitching about the dime package because mm-hmm. they were overusing it. I think third and 18 is a perfectly acceptable time to put the dime package in. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, I like I like a lot of the things that Caleb Kelly did on Saturday. Obviously, we talked <laughs> about the strip sack and all that. And overall, I thought he was, he was very active. And he, <laughs> for the first time this year, I felt like made an impact in the game. And um, so I liked that. But, yeah, you can't have him matched up with Gary Jennings on third and 18. Like, it just can't happen. Especially mm-hmm. when his safety help is a true freshman over the top that's probably going to do the wrong thing, you know? Yeah. Because all Will Greer had to do was fit that in between him and Delarian Turner yell, and there was just – that was never going to work. And mm-hmm. after the game, Ruffin talked about, yeah, I put Caleb in some weird positions too, too many times. Um, and I just – I mean, that sucks. Like, how can you mm-hmm. not – like, you say that after the game, but how do you not know that coming in, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think that that probably would have helped, you know, to have a, one of our stellar defensive backs on him instead of, of Caleb Kelly might've made it a little bit more difficult. Although if it were Buki, I'm not thinking the result would have been that different. Yeah. If we're being honest, (laughs) but, um, other, other guys, like how, what'd you think of the corners? Cause this is all Um, safeties and linebackers. What'd you think of the corners? Um, this is something that I think has been like sort of commonly shared among like in the know, like OU Twitter is that like, this was maybe the corner's best game. <laughs> like the corners generally didn't get beat. Like they made some plays, which is incredible. Um, Trey Norwood 
wasn't like the weak point. Yeah, no, he did. He did some good things. I yeah. thought he one of those pass interference calls was bogus. It was a terrible call. Yeah. Um, but what I just I like from our corners is that they just they were competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, like they actually like looked like they cared. You know, and again, very very weird to be praising players for this, but there's been so many times this year where it's like. Does Trey Norwood care that he's getting blocked into oblivion right now? Mm-hmm. You know, does Trey Norwood care that like when they're throwing the ball up to his guy, he's seemingly incapable of making plays? Yeah. And I thought Trey Norwood might have. I mean, Trey Brown was probably the best corner, but I thought Trey Norwood was really good, and Parnell Motley did some nice things too. So yeah, you know, for really the first time all season, all three corners I thought could leave that game thinking they did their job you yeah know? yeah because i mean i think that there's something to the idea of maybe west virginia knew that our safeties were a weak point and they they had sills and jennings inside a lot to keep mm-hmm. you know keeping them away from our corners but i'm still gonna give them credit because you know west virginia has a lot of talented receivers mm-hmm. um, and the corners did their job you know and they I, I just didn't I didn't think they got embarrassed and that's one of the first times this season against a good offense that I can say that. Yeah. Um so that's that that's the defense. Yeah. <laughs> we I mean, really the only other... Oh go ahead. Neville Gallimore being back really helped. It did. And really, it was really obvious that, that it did. Yeah, like you know, I've been kind of skeptical as to you know what kind of impact player he actually was this year because you know it's just a couple times a game he makes a play but you know we saw against Kansas what happens when he's not on the field mm-hmm. and just immediately things went better with him on the field you know yeah so good good for Neville um shout out to big Canada or whatever <laughs> the Canadian bulldozer <laughs> Um, right. right. Um, offense. 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 It was fun. Yeah. It was real fun. It was really good. We'll start um, with the bad. We'll start with the bad. Um, Kyle Murray has to not turn the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that fumble was rough. Yeah. Um, the getting picked off in the end zone sucks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, yeah. Kyler can't turn the ball over. At the same time, Kyler can do pretty much anything else that he feels like. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Um, some things Kyler can do. Um, take a ball on a quarterback draw and just score from anywhere on the field. Yeah. 55-yard touchdown. First drive of the game. Yeah. Just Shout awesome. out. Yeah, I really can't stress enough how amazing D.D. Westbrook's downfield blocking is and, like, the degree to which it is the X factor on a lot of these things. Um, not D.D. Westbrook, you, C.D. Yeah, Lamb. I was, I was say, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, C.D. Lamb's downfield blocking. Oh, C.D. and D.D. Man. Hey, the NFL's about to be just, like, filled with dudes from Oklahoma mm-hmm. at wideout. And that's really fun. Yeah, it's already filled at running back. It's going to mm-hmm. get one more this year. Um, yeah, 
OU skill players and offensive linemen. There's about yeah. three, four more offensive linemen uh, in the NFL. So, yeah, yeah. we know what we're doing what on that side of the ball. Feel like. Yeah, all over the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Kyler was, I mean, other than the two turnovers, he was awesome. Like, he just 20 of 27 for 364 yards, three touchdowns. Our offense averaged 14 yards a play in the first half. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. That's incredible. And I know. And just overall, it's just the way they, he executed things. Like, it looked a lot cleaner to me than it had the previous three weeks, you know, mm-hmm. because there were stretches in the previous three weeks where, you know, offensively we weren't executing the way we needed to. And Kyler was having to, like, try to force things a little bit. And throw things into some really, really iffy spots. Mm-hmm. And there just wasn't much of that on this game. You know? Like, I thought there were just a couple times where, like, the one of my least favorite plays that happens is when things kind of break down and then Kyler will throw it up. And then I look who he's throwing it up to. And he's throwing it up to Carson Meyer. And I'm like, oh, dang it. You know? I like Carson Meyer. But... I'm not counting on him to catch a lot of jump balls, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. I, like, on the ball that got picked, like, I felt like that mm-hmm. was underthrown. It was um, underthrown. It was late. Yeah. A little bit late. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that is the sort of ball that I am expecting Grant Calcaterra to come down with. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. No, if that's on time and in, in, a, in a good spot. Yeah, Calcaterra's coming down with that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For um, sure. He's also going to come down with a two-yard pass when he's wide open in the back of the end zone when no one covers him <laughs> on fourth down. I was um, – I only ever saw that in real time on Skycam. So that was like from the Skycam view, and that was really weird. Um, <laughs> you didn't get a really proper sense of how disgustingly open he was. Yeah. Um, but man, he was. Ah, this defense just breaks people's minds. Offense. Oh, this, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Although our defense has broken my mind a few times this year. Yeah. Evidently. Yeah. Um, yeah. This offense just. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, I, right now, it's SP Plus rating is 52.4. That represents yeah. what it would score on an average team. Um, the next highest is Alabama at 46.3. Last year's offense, which was historically good, um, finished the year at 47.2. So yeah. this offense is almost a touchdown better at this point than last year's. That's and incredible. Last, last year's offense was by far the best of the playoff era, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like by far. Like it yeah, wasn't that significantly close. better. I think that the second best offense of that decade was actually um, sixteen, right? No, it's uh, technically uh, the decade. It's um, Johnny Manziel's Johnny second Manziel's. year. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, the um, the Oklahoma offense from last year it was previously the best offense of the decade by a pretty not by like a significant margin. And this one is much better than it by an even more significant margin. Yeah. Even with like, and one of the things we talked about is like this offense, like occasionally doesn't execute as well as last year's did. This offense doesn't have a 
running back like Rodney Anderson like we did last year. And yet, this is the result we're getting. And that is Kyler. Yeah. No, it's it's unbelievable, man. Like, mm-hmm. our... I just, it's so fun, man. Like, and this was one of the first games in a while that I truly enjoyed it because before I just, I had, you know, I had expectations for how the defense would play. And I went in thinking I was just mad every time because I was like, crap, we've got to score here or else the defense is going to screw us over. And like, that was still the case in this game, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't as upset about it. I was like, yeah, that's, that's just how it is. You know, that's how it's going to be. And I just accepted it. And I just really enjoyed that, you know, after it really took, when we got that first lead, that was when I really started thinking, I was like, yeah, I think that we're going to win this game. I think our offense is going to do what it needs to do. And even after we threw that interception in the second half and they tied the game, Uh I was like, Kyler Murray versus Will Greer, Kyler's going to get it done. Like, that's just, I thought they're, you know, we're in a real shootout. We don't lose games like this. For some mm-hmm. reason, we just don't lose games like this. And I don't know. It's it's the weirdest thing ever how it's just we're in our comfort zone in this kind of situation. But yeah. Like some of the stats, like think about this. We're five and zero in the last two years after giving up over six hundred yards. Five and zero in games that we give up over six hundred yards in the last two years. First it of all, is, disgusting that we've given up 600 yards that many times. Yeah. But it's also unbelievable that we're 5-0 and in these yeah. situations. Yeah. And um, that was. Yeah. It's. There, yeah. There's never been an offense like these offenses. Yeah. And that's also the second time we've given up 700 yards to West Virginia and won the game. Yeah. Which I mean, West Virginia 0 and 7 against Oklahoma in Big 12 play. Um, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I, I think it's gotten to the point. I was I needed to see it one more year because this was this is West Virginia's best team since they've been in the Big 12, and mm-hmm. I'm not picking OU to lose to West Virginia until they lose to West Virginia. Yeah. Like there's just no reason to think that they will. Mm-hmm. They just haven't done it. And there's been years where it looked like West Virginia had a really, really good shot. And we just have either, I mean, we've gotten the job done in a close game or we blow them out. Like it just, yeah, we, they don't, they don't beat us. You know, it's no. kind of in that getting into that bedlam zone yeah. where I'm just not worried about it. And they've lost to us in so many different ways. Like in 2013, they lost to us 13-7. Yeah. And <laughs> our defense shut them down. Trevor Knight was terrible in that game. God, yeah. I remember that game. 2012 was the 50-49 to 49 shootout. They had over 700 yards. We win. Mm-hmm. Um, 2015. What was 2015? 2015. Oh, that was, yeah, that was just like a normal game. That was yeah, like that early was in a, the season. Yeah, it was like a relatively normal game that OU blows them out in. If I'm not uh, mistaken, I believe 2015 was the first podcast that we ever recorded i believe that in going into that game was the first podcast we've ever i actually think that that's true that's i'm not gonna listen to it no Um, no no no. (laughs) but yeah you're actually right that definitely was um 2014 was the samaj ap run breakout game that's Uh, right 2016 was doubling them up in the snow 
mm-hmm. um, last year. What even happened? Oh, last year Will Greer was hurt. Yeah, Will <laughs> so, Greer was hurt, and we put forty-five on him in the first half. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah. That was a lot this of fun. was yeah. This West Virginia team can't beat Oklahoma. <laughs> yep. And and, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um. Anything else about this game? It, I mean, the game was fun. Like, I just, I just enjoyed it. You know, yeah. it was one of the first games in a while, really, since Kansas State, that I had fun watching OU play. I just mm-hmm. went into it completely. I was expecting at like fifty nine, fifty six was on like the low end of what I thought if we mm-hmm. were going to win the game. You know, like I picked us to lose fifty eight to forty one. So, you know, they <laughs> yeah. gave up fewer points than I thought they would. So good on the defense they gave up fewer points than i thought and they scored two touchdowns you know good for them that's i think that's as good as they can play Uh (laughs) okay um so we've talked about two games now we've talked about Mm -hmm. ohio state michigan and we've talked about oklahoma west virginia obviously about those two games specifically obviously there is a link between those two games and it's that (laughs) They represent the key to the fourth playoff spot. Interesting. Which, by speaking of which, shout out to shout out to Notre Dame for continuing to squeak by bad opponents. I I hate Notre Dame. I despise <laughs> them. Like they are not good. It's really I, I know annoying. I tweeted whenever they beat Syracuse handily that oh maybe Notre Dame's actually good. They're not. No. That, they, that was Syracuse didn't even have their quarterback. Didn't even have their quarterback. <laughs> like yeah. Notre Dame going up against teams that have similar level athletes. No, they can't do it. They're going to get embarrassed in the playoff. Probably. I think it's really likely. Yeah. Um, Ian Book, one of my least favorite quarterbacks in the country. Can't stand the guy. He's just can't so stand him. competent, though. Yeah, very competent not really that good at anything except just not screwing up yeah he just doesn't make mistakes which is like he's gonna parlay that into like a 50 million dollar nfl contract god he throws it really well to running backs out of the backfield and usc never figured out that that was what they were going to do in key situations (laughs) yeah really frustrating yeah jt daniels speaking of quarterbacks in this game go ahead if usc were halfway decent they win that game by two touchdowns yeah. Fumble the ball Daniels. in Notre Dame territory twice. Yeah. JT Daniels, by the way, Loki looks like even more of a pirate than Gardner Minshew does. Nobody talks yes. about this. Nobody. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it just remember the first picture of Sam Darnold everyone ever saw. Mm hmm. JT Daniels is similarly bad. Yep. Yeah, can't. Yeah. yeah. They just he's can't also find... like seven years old. So. Yeah. Yeah. They just can't find – I don't know how a team in Southern California can't find a good-looking quarterback. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so let's, let's talk more about playoff. Yeah. Obviously, this comes down – I mean, the playoff rankings are going to be released tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow night at 6, which I'm probably going to be driving at that time, so I'm probably – Going to have to listen to that on the radio. Oh, so listen fun. to the reaction. So that'll be fun. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I honestly, I tweeted earlier that like I'm having a hard time 
concentrating on anything that isn't the rankings tomorrow or the Texas game on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I'm just obsessed about it. Like it yeah. just anything else, I'm just having a hard time focusing on. Um, what is this stupid committee gonna do? Um, so like, I am pretty sure they're just gonna put Georgia at four for now, which I'm fine with. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, at that point, they're gonna say a lot of really stupid things that contradict other things they have said in the past. Um. And who has any freaking clue? There is not a good argument for putting Ohio State in over Oklahoma other than, like, grumble, grumble defense. Like, you can, I mean, you can argue that they have a better win in that, in that Michigan win. But, like, right. okay, they have an all right win against Michigan. Um, the committee has talked about using common opponents as a statistic. And like, oh, you kicked TCU's ass much worse than Ohio State did. TCU actually hung with Ohio State for a while. Um, And people will, like, what I'm interested to see is if they bring that up and then say something about injuries to TCU. At that point, we will know that the committee is full of shit. Because uh, TCU hadn't, like, TCU collapsed late because of injuries after the OU game. Like, TCU had Cavante Turpin, even though that's not an injury. Like, TCU made a quarterback change in the Oklahoma game. They're, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this was pre this team getting wrecked by injuries. Um, so, yeah. like, that's an, that's a, that is an obvious garbage argument that I hope that the playoff committee doesn't use to put Ohio State in above Oklahoma. Um, it's, I mean, and functionally it's, like, it's weird and might not even matter until next week. But, um, like, whatever, because whatever logic that they use to, like, say they decide to rank Ohio State 5 and Oklahoma 4, like, whatever logic they use to come to that um, could easily be reversed the next week. Um, there's, no re- there's no requirement for them to be consistent in this. Um, it's part of the reason I hate this system. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a little less, I mean, I I don't think the committee is good. Mm -hmm. Um, What I will say about them is I feel like they've been more consistent this year. um, And that they've had the same rankings for like six weeks in a row, you know? Yeah. Like even, you know, OU not looking great. They kept OU at the sixth spot, you know, citing hey their offense is great you know Mm um i think that that i think this committee i think this committee is going to put ou at at five um i think we're going to be ahead of ohio state and i feel pretty comfortable is that i mean we know the committee likes texas you know Mm -hmm. national they they like texas everybody loves texas um and with ou playing texas this weekend I think if OU is ahead of Ohio State this week, I don't think there's really any danger that OU would slip behind them if OU wins. Uh-huh. Um, so I really, I think it all comes down to this tomorrow. Like, I think there's possibly a scenario that, like, if Ohio State's higher than OU tomorrow, that OU could get ahead of them by beating Texas badly if Texas were to struggle with Northwestern a little bit. 
But I don't really think that regardless of result and how it happens, I don't think they would flip Ohio State ahead of OU um, if they, like, blow out Northwestern because that's expected, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's – yeah, I can see that. Like, the one thing I – like, if the committee is approaching this from expecting, like – because, like, well, one thing is that, like, I would say that we're both probably pretty confident that Oklahoma's going to beat Texas. <laughs> like, right. we, I, like, both of us are well aware that, like, the game uh, against Texas was not, like, teams that, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how many different ways to put it, but, like, Oklahoma shouldn't have lost that game. Right. It, Texas was astonishingly lucky to walk away with a three-point win there. Um and so there's no reason to expect Texas to beat Oklahoma. Um, if the, but, like, I think that the committee is generally not very smart about football things frequently. So they might be approaching it from, like, well, you know, Texas won the first matchup. It's going to be, a, like, either, like, we think that they might win or even it's a toss-up. And then, so at that point, and then it's like, oh, Oklahoma got a gutsy up- upset uh, against their hated rival. Mm-hmm. Um or that, or like they might even just say it as like, you know, we, they might like, this is like, oh, Oklahoma avenged their only loss. They've now beaten every team they've played. Yeah, well, I think that's kind. Of, I mean, that's the most logical way to think of it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, at like after this week, theoretically, OU will have beaten the team that they lost to. The team that they lost to three points, they lost by three points to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just compare that to what Ohio State's got on the resume. They have a 29 point loss to Purdue. Yeah. You know, nobody thinks Purdue is better than Texas. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And they lost to Purdue by 29 points. And I think that that, I mean, I think last year, um, I think that loss to Iowa kept them out because it was just such a bad loss. And yeah. while they had far more quality wins than Alabama did last year I just you couldn't overlook that loss and Mm -hmm. I just don't think you can overlook that loss this year you know yeah Um, and then comparing resumes I think they have the best single win but OU probably has more quality wins than Ohio State does this year yeah well and that'll definitely be true once um like the championship games happen because like, I don't really know what the committee thinks of Northwestern. They're ranked 19th. They're not good. Um, yeah, Northwestern went winless in the non-conference. Yeah. They lost they, to Akron. Uh, they lost to Akron. Um, and yet, they're going to be playing in the Big Ten Championship game. And, you know, they there's, there's an outside chance at, like, a Rose Bowl berth or something. Yep. Um, oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Northwestern in the Rose Bowl. Yep. Oh, yeah, Northwestern gets to the Rose Bowl before Harbaugh gets Michigan there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Is it... <laughs> would it be like Northwestern Wazoo? I, I, I think it's probably Washington. Okay. Because yeah. I think Washington's probably going to win the conference, and that, that conference isn't going to the playoff. So, yeah. yeah, it's probably Washington <laughs> or Utah. Imagine a Northwestern a Utah. Utah Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Beautiful. 
That'd be wonderful. Um, but yeah, so I think, and obviously there's a reason I think this, and it's because I watch Oklahoma every week, but I think that if Oklahoma beats Texas, there isn't a good argument for putting Ohio State in the playoff over them. Um, like, Ohio State hasn't looked consistently good. Like, you can say that the Michigan win is the best win anybody has, and sure. Um, but, like, that is by far the best Ohio State has looked, and it's the, it's not really comfortable to how they've looked in other weeks. Right. It's not comfortable to how they looked literally a week ago. Yeah. You know, that yeah. they, made, they play, maybe played their worst game of the season the week before, and they were Maryland's tiny quarterback throwing a, an accurate two-point conversion pass from losing that game. Yeah, you know? like if Maryland's quarterback can hit a wide-open man standing five, you know, five yards from him, then this conversation isn't even happening. No. Yeah, the only conversation we're having is that, wow, we really need Alabama to win. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Which, speaking of, we really need Alabama to win. This is Alabama also a needs thing. to beat Georgia. Yeah. There are really um, only two ways that we get left out of this. Yeah. I think it would be really funny. I mean, it would suck. But, like, what if Nick is just like, eh, we're in the playoff. Just throw it. <laughs> and just throws it. If Nick Nick decides that he doesn't want to play OU because he doesn't want to have to worry about having to defend Kyler Murray. Yeah, like, it's not even just, that he's worried about losing. He's just like, oh, that's a headache, man. I don't want to yeah, worry he just about that. Like, we're going to rest Tua. We're going to limit the playbook. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd wind up being the four seed and they'd play, they'd play Clemson probably. Yeah. He's like, I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we, we beat the <laughs> crap out of them last year. I'm not worried. So, yeah. that, that, would would be, be, that would be really be awesome. funny and also suck. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would suck. Um, I will say, and we'll t- we'll probably talk about this more on our, our Texas preview. Mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be a good football game. I I think Georgia can hang with Alabama. Maybe um, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy. I'll be interested to see can. it. There's, I mean, Georgia is not bad. Georgia nope. is. Um, they're the, really good. I think they're, they're the third overall the third offense in S and P plus. They're the third overall team in S and P plus. Like, now, if there is a team that can do it in the SEC, it is Georgia. I think they have a better chance of beating Alabama than Clemson would. I think that's, yeah, I think that there's something to that. Because um, Clemson's secondary has got problems. Yes. This is a whole thing that nobody is talking about. Clemson, like, we made all the jokes about points at the beginning of this episode. Um Clemson allowed 510 yards passing from what's his face from South Carolina. Yeah, I'm totally blanking on his name because he is, is his that name irrelevant. Jake Bentley. It is Jake Bentley. Yeah, Jake, Jake Bentley. Bentley yeah. Uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks threw for 510 yards. Mm-hmm. And like that's yeah. a rivalry game or whatever, but his coach is Will Muschamp. Yeah. South Carolina is a weird team, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Debo Samuel had 210 yards receiving. <laughs> like, and Debo Samuel's great, but 210 yards and three touchdowns. That's, yeah, like maybe yeah. they should let Christian Wilkins play safety. Like, consider it. it. 
They 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 threw a toss sweep to him this week and he scored. So he can clearly do everything. I love Christian Wilkins a lot. I'm really mad that he's still playing college football, but I love him a lot. Yeah, he should be in the NFL right now, but Mm -hmm. you know, good for him. Uh, scoring touchdowns. I bet that was probably. What if that was Dabo's pitch? Dabo was like, "Look, yeah, Christian, you'll be our Dexter. primarily goal line running back. Yeah, if y'all stay, I'm getting you snaps. That would be great." <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. No. I think. I think. Georgia, I think Georgia Alabama is going to be a really interesting game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. Yeah, definitely going to have to catch that one for sure, because yeah. really. If we look impressive against Texas, if we're ahead of Tech or ahead of Ohio State this weekend or on tomorrow, and beat Texas, you know, and look good doing it, you know, we don't want to give up a hundred points and barely win or something. Um, but we look confident beating Texas, and then Alabama beats Georgia. I don't think we have a uh, we're not going to have a stressful Sunday at all, you know. No. And I'll get to continue to be part of the problem and watch the entire selection yep. Sunday coverage. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And uh, it'll be it'll yeah. be fun. Be a lot yeah. of fun. We'll we just got to beat Texas. Yeah, and then think about how awkward it's going to be when OU's going up against its future defensive coordinator in the playoff. You know, <laughs> it's just going to be weird. Yeah. It's going to be real weird. It's going to be so, real weird. Oh man! <laughs> what if they? What if they somehow complete the hiring process before, you know? And this wouldn't happen, uh, for like a lot of reasons. But like, imagine a situation in which OU just poaches their poaches um, a member of Alabama's defensive staff before the playoff happens. Yeah, that would well, be think... the most interesting thing that has happened in the playoff yet. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No, for sure. Because like honestly. That's going to be the matchup that people are talking about anyways because nobody's going to care about Notre Dame-Clemson at all Yeah, because Notre Dame is a mediocre team that doesn't deserve to make a playoff mm-hmm. other than the fact that they went undefeated. I guess technically they deserve to be there, but they're not good enough to do anything Yeah, is what I'll say. Um, so it's going to be a, the Tua versus Kyler show um, if that's how it plays out. And... To add that level of of intrigue would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty yes. awesome. Yes, it would be. Um, but then, like, if Kyler won, people would people wouldn't give him the appropriate credit for it, and that would suck. Oh yeah, they'd be like, oh well, they stole the coach, and you know what? I'm yeah. fine. At least he won because <laughs> he's not going to win the Heisman. He's not going to win the Heisman. No, he's not. We can go ahead and just like. It's too late for Tua to collapse hard enough, you know? Yeah, Tua would literally have to throw five interceptions and lose by 25 points Yeah, in the, in the SEC title game. Yeah. And that still might not do it because enough, like too many people vote early for this crap. Yeah. So, yeah, it would take some kind of epic, epic collapse that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's really unfortunate because... Kyler's way better than Tua. <laughs> Kyler is one of the most incredible athletes I've ever is, seen. Man. Yeah. Just freaking is, man. Like, Kyler is up there. Like, I put Kyler in the 
in terms of just most impressive single seasons, I remember I have like a rant, like Vince Young's 20, 2005 was unbelievable. Kyler's blown that out of the water statistically. Um, but Vince Young had some just unbelievable performances that year. Yeah. Cam Newton's 2010 was, you know, kind of what I always think of as one of the best seasons, as the best season I've ever seen. And then Baker's last mm-hmm. season last year. And Kyler's better statistically than all of them. Um, yeah. We're yeah. legitimately seeing one of the best quarterbacks in college football history this year. Yeah. Well, I just think back to, like, Shane Beamer put it really well when he was like, hey, last time I was in Morgantown, uh, we had a quarterback by the name of Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, he's like, that's what I'm seeing. Yep. Yeah, except for just way better at passing. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, God, Kyler is so good at passing, and he doesn't even need to be, is the important no. part. Yeah, like, if Kyler was a bad passer, you could still, you know, put a good offense around him. You could make yeah. a good offensive offense around him, you know? If he was a bad passer, then mm-hmm. he's an elite passer. It's it's yeah. incredible, man. Like, absolutely unbelievable. Like the dude, the dude's gonna wind up throwing for over four thousand yards. He'll probably be there by the end of the Big Twelve title game, I would guess. Yeah, he's three hundred twenty-six yards away from that. He'll yeah. probably be over forty touchdowns after the Big Twelve title game. Yeah, has uh, anybody ever done four thousand parts yards passing, a thousand yards rushing? Yeah, Deshaun Watson did it in twenty fifteen. Okay, which I didn't know that until recently, and holy crap, that's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, like shout out to I know Deshaun Watson, man. He was he, was, he didn't suck. He did not suck. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Now oh, if, if Kyle Kyle's probably not going to get to a thousand yards rushing because he would he's 147 yards away. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get there this week. He could easily get there in with two more games. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's pretty likely that he's going to be a four thousand one thousand guy, and that's. He's at 37 touchdowns right now. He also has 11 running running touchdowns. So it's it's pretty absurd, man. It's yeah. awesome. It is freaking awesome. <laughs> and like, I remember thinking about what I would expect from Kyler coming into this year, and I was just like, obviously his legs are going to give people problems. And I was just like, I hope he can be 70 percent of what Baker was. You know? Yeah. 70% and, in our offense is still real good and just been so much. It's, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's been incredible. Yeah. It, uh, and, it, has, it sucks a lot that we don't have the defense to get a national title this year. Yeah. But even, even so, man, like, think about all the stuff, all the amazing things we've seen from the offense this year, man. Like, yeah, we're – we as a like football watching populace deserve Kyler versus Bama. Mm-hmm. Everybody deserves it. Like so, it better happen. Yep. Yep. I mean, because I mean, what the alternative is Alabama versus Ohio State, and yeah. is that going to be a good game? No. Yeah, you can no. watch it. You can watch Alabama play a team that changes quarterbacks in the red zone for no reason. And it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, Ohio State's offense is one of the best in the country. They average a full two yards less per play than Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. 
That is absolutely insane. Ohio State is the eighth best offense in the country. They average two yards less. Yeah. Per play. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully this all works out. We get, I mean, first things first, we got to beat Texas. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that more on our, on our Texas preview pod. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling very, 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 very good. I feel good. I, I um, do too. It just not very often does a team that is better than another team lose to that team twice in one season. Yeah. You know, just doesn't happen. No, it so, really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, Oklahoma isn't just better than Texas. They're significantly better than Texas. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to see that proved. Yeah. Where's Texas? Texas is still super low in S&P Plus, right? They're 35th. 35th. Yeah. Yeah. They have the 38th ranked offense and the 50th ranked defense. Like, they're not a good team. No. Just like, mediocre. Yeah. Like, and they, they play up in big games, sure. But, like, good teams beat bad teams by a lot. Right. Like, yeah. That's, that is just generally true. And mm-hmm. if you can't do that, you're not a good team. Like, right. Texas has to stop collapsing in the fourth quarter, for one thing. They almost lost mm-hmm. to Kansas because of it. You know, they almost lost to Tulsa because of it. Right. Good teams don't do that. <laughs> nope. Nope. They don't. All right. Uh, is there anything else? I feel like I had one more thing to talk about, but I can't remember what it was. Should have written it down. Oh, yeah. I do have one more thing. Cliff Kingsbury out at Texas Tech. Yeah. Where does uh where do we need where does Cliff Kingsbury need to wind up? Because, I mean, he's going to get a job easily. He's one of the best offensive coaches in the country. Not Alabama. (laughs) Yeah. Please not Alabama. Yeah, that's really, like, I I was talking to somebody, and they were like, should should we look at Cliff? And I was like, I don't even think we need him, but we should kick the tires. We should absolutely absolutely look at seeing if he would be interested in being our OC. A, because we still don't technically have one. And, like, right. We also technically don't have a quarterback coach. Um, yeah. Like, we should consider hiring Cliff as an OC. Um, yeah, and a, because he's really good at it. And B, because we can't let him go to Alabama. Yeah, don't let him go to Alabama. That's really that's really the main the main thing. I think USC should hire him. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, to put him in charge of JT Daniels. I'm not super high on JT Daniels, but I think under Cliff Kingsbury, he could be really good. Um. Put mm-hmm. those athletes in a Cliff Kingsbury offense, and I think you're looking at a pretty, pretty damn good offense. So I think USC yeah. should hire him. I hope that's what happens. But yeah, yeah, I I just need nobody put off hiring Alabama's offensive coordinator for a year. Don't do it this <laughs> offseason. Yeah, put it off yeah. one year, just one one more year. Let yeah. him prove himself a little bit more at Alabama, and then hire him. Just don't do it. Don't do it for the good of the country. Don't don't hire don't hire Michael Oxley, please. Please don't do it. Um, what does the other side of that look like? Who does Tech go after now? So I've seen a I, lot of good I've seen a lot of good names for this. Mm-hmm. And my favorite name for this opening, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I like Brent Venables there. I think that'd be really interesting. I really don't think he'd do it. Okay. Uh, I, the connection, though, 
He did play college football with Kirby Hokett. Well, yeah. That's not they're nothing. Best, they're best friends. They were really yeah. good friends in college. I think that's who Kirby Hokett's going to want to hire. And I want to see Brent Venables as a head coach. I've always wondered what it would look like. Mm-hmm. I want to see if he's actually would be good at it. Maybe he's terrible. Um, maybe he doesn't want to coach defense in the Big 12. I don't blame him. Um, yeah. Maybe that he doesn't want to do that. So, I don't know. I think – but I, that'd be the guy that I would want if I were if I were Texas Tech. I also yeah. really like Seth Luttrell, but I don't – I've heard that they aren't going to look that way. Because yeah. I think they would feel like they're just hiring a different version of Cliff Kingsbury, and I think they're going to try to go a different route. Yeah, that's um, sort of my suspicion. Um, I somebody asked Leach, and he was like, "They have to pay me," yeah. um, which is funny. Um, yeah. I wonder if they'll call Ruffin. Surely not. Probably not. Surely but not. like I if. Don't know. If he had like done a miracle on this defense or something, maybe. Yeah. But I I can't imagine what yeah. they would do. Like, but the other thing is like, I have to wonder. Like, Hokut said in his thing that like he wants this team, he wants Texas Tech playing elite college football again. But like, surely this team is really wary about throwing a big contract at somebody, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe they're not. I, I they're mean. Good. They got burned so massively with Kingsbury's contract. They've been wanting to do this for a while. Yep. Um, I and mean, then, if, if you want to play big time football, you gotta. I mean, you gotta throw the money out there. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I give A and M credit for doing that. I don't know why they threw the money at Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. I, I don't they, know why they threw that much guaranteed money at Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. They they found the guy they wanted, and they were just like, "We're getting him." There's, mm-hmm. there's no way he can turn this down. So, yeah, good. Um, I mean, good for them, I guess. They yeah. went seven and four. Um, <laughs> the, um, I don't think Texas A and M or I don't think Tech will make this hire because, like, they want to move away from hiring crazy offensive guys. But like, Bob Stitt doesn't have a job. Bob he's Stitt. just, he's just an analyst at Oklahoma State right now, and he's yep. capable of way more than that. What He's about one with crazy offense in desolate places before tech? So just give it a thought. What about uh, what about Dana Holgerson? I've seen people talk about this, but like that feels like such a lateral move for Dana that I don't know he'd, if he'd be for it. Yeah, my the 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 only thing I've been hearing is just like it's so hard to recruit to West Virginia from the Big Twelve. Yeah, you know, and like he. Texas is Texas, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't have to leave your state to recruit if you're in Texas, and that's that's a big advantage over what he's got at West Virginia. Um, sure, I think that'd be a really good hire for them. I don't, I don't yeah. think he'll. No, it would be West a really Virginia. good hire for them. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I might even I would do that over Brent Venables because he's proven he can win in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I might I might call Holgerson first and have him. They can tell me no, then I would call Brent Venables and then go from there. Yeah, I really, I just, I just want to see Brent Venables. He's been a, a defensive coordinator for so long. He's been wildly successful at Clemson, and he just never gets a real like gets a head coaching job. You know, he's very yeah. picky, but like, you know, I want to see him. I want to see what he can do. 
maybe he's just waiting for Snyder to die. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Which still, Kansas State needs to hire his son. Just yeah, it. just do it. It'll not work, and then you can fire him, and then it's over. Give him, give him two years. Yeah. Otherwise, you're stuck with Bill Snyder for like five more. Which is better? Yeah. Two years or five years? He I might very well be better. able to keep himself alive through spite, and mm-hmm. like Kansas State has to be wary of that. Yep. Because they are going to go down the tank. They are in that process presently. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. Do we have anything else to say on this podcast? I'm trying to think. There's there's really been no other. Did you see the Bob Stoops to Auburn rumors that flew today? <laughs> That's <laughs> going to happen with every job seen. forever. I am. <laughs> like, first of all, Auburn, don't fire Gus Malzahn. Yeah, A, he's, don't do that. He's not a bad coach. Yeah. And, like, he's in the worst division in college football to win. Mm-hmm. A, he, to, he has to play Georgia every year. Yeah. Like, Auburn might have the team. worst schedule in college football. Absolutely. Because they're in the hardest division in college football, and they have to play Georgia every year. And now yeah. that Georgia's a powerhouse, like, it just, they're screwed. You yeah. know? If I were Auburn, I would never schedule anybody good in the non-conference. I would never do it. I would yeah. schedule three cupcakes and just be like, we got to play Georgia every year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, A, don't fire Gus Malzahn. B, if you do fire Gus Malzahn, hire Lane Giffen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was when I was going to – I don't think Tech would ever do that because I feel like he's too similar to Cliff Kingsbury. Like, yes. I'm just – his profile. Yeah. So, um, I don't think they would ever do it, but that would be hilarious. I would love to see Lane Kiffin in the big 12. I was really hoping Kansas would hire him. That would be I would just, it would be great because he would be the guy like, he would, he would probably be the one, he would be the guy who would like speak his mind about like the style of play and like what defense means in the conference. In a way mm-hmm. that other coaches won't be willing to. Right. <laughs> like, yep. and that would just be really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, we're going to try and get Lane Kiffin hired at Auburn pretty much every offseason. Because yeah. it would just be the funniest thing ever. But it's just not going to happen. He needs, if he had had like a great season again at Ford Atlantic, like it, you know, would have a better case. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. He's been pretty complimentary of the Oklahoma Sooners. Maybe he wants to, uh, I don't know, maybe he wants to settle into the coordinator life. Ooh, that coordinator <laughs> life. Yeah. I keep thinking about that, and it's like technically the way our staff is, like it seems like Lincoln's doing a lot. Yeah. Like doing more than what he should do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's been so successful. Like why would we change it? Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. Our staff, the way our staff is set up is bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at the offensive staff, two wide receiver coaches, um, uh, running back coach who's, you know, what does what does Kale teach his players, you know? Kale's, I mean, Kale's an inside receiver guy. Oh, right. I forget Because Jay, Jay Bowler is the running back guy now. Right. We've got it like a, and yeah. Beaten Bow on the offensive line, obviously. He's like that 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 is normal. 
But like, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got an inside receivers coach, an outside receivers coach. We don't have a quarterback coach, um, and we don't have a coordinator. Yeah, it's it's very strange. I mean, I just yeah. I don't know how Lincoln does it, man. Like, I don't know how he's the head coach that recruits as much as he does, mm-hmm. the play caller, and the quarterback coach. Like that just seems like yeah. too much for a single person to do. But mm-hmm. um, and maybe when he doesn't have like two like football savants yeah quarterback for him it might be too much yeah well that, and that's why I, i'm going to be really interested in seeing if we hire a coordinator slash qb coach this year because like we're going to have to like we're moving into a period where it's going to be about development and that might yeah. be legitimately too much for lincoln's plate yeah yeah i don't it just seems the way, like, with as much trouble as our defense is having, you need to have that side of the ball as fully staffed as possible, right? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, they're going to be, you know, I, I don't know how they are going to operate because, first of all, I don't know what the scheme's going to be. But, like, you know, if you're in right now, like, the way we've had it, we've had two linebacker coaches, um, and two defensive line coaches in the Big 12 with only one secondary coach, mm-hmm. which seems kind of odd. Yeah. Um, Feels a little backwards. Yeah. So it'll be um, interesting to see if they retool that side of the ball, too. Yeah. Okay. I think that about does it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, thanks for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Um, follow us on Twitter at RWMaxi and at Alex P. Purdy. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, uh, give us a review um, or share it with a friend. And we'll see you later in the week to preview the Big 12 championship game.